2: Yeah, Houston, this is the Real Science Cast, the podcast for three highly qualified professionals. Pick a movie and then pick apart the science where everything's going on okay up here. Uh, This is
1: Kenan Smith. Come back. Uh, uh, Houston, this is Sean Crossan. Uh, I'm your uh, second astronaut up here in the Science Space Station. We call it the ISS. International Science Science Space Station. Station. Yeah, Uh, Pace, why don't you, uh, you want to talk to Houston?
0: Oh yeah, sure. I'd be glad to talk to Houston. <laughs> uh, you know the crazy thing. You know how they say the uh, the moon's made of cheese. I gotta oh, tell you, oh it's yeah. Not, go, go ahead, Pace. It's it's not just the cheese. The rats here are awful. They're everywhere.
2: Oh yeah, space rats are a big problem up there. Make sure you're being safe, boys. And
1: they're they're monstrous too. They're just huge, huge fuckers. Ch- uh, I'm uh, Sorry, him. I don't mean to cut in here, but Houston, are you okay? You sound like you're kind of melting or turning into a job of the hut situation. Please bring back more trees. <laughs>
0: No no, wait, it's not Java. We should have known. It's Pizza the Hut.
1: Oh God, <laughs> it's Pizza the. <laughs>
2: That's right everyone this week we watch spaceballs on the real science podcast. <laughs> wait you can't
1: say that it's an actual movie. <laughs> <laughs> we people will think we watch spaceballs. yeah but I don't
0: think uh, the people, people own owns the name Spaceballs. I'm sure we can use it.
2: I'm pretty sure Mel Brooks owns the name Spaceballs for a movie. Yeah,
0: yeah but like, we sure could probably does. still say it. We can probably still say it. It's the fine.
1: estate of Mel Brooks. It's like, I mean, like no one owns Blazing Saddles. You can just say like, <laughs> you know. Yeah,
2: like no one owns Brokeback Mountain. I can say that. All you got to do is Mountain. just put fair use in front of it. You're going to get. Nobody go.
1: owns the name
2: Washington Monument.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah, that's, I agree 100%. Like, it's just like everything else in this world. It's all like just it's all fake. So we nobody can just owns take the name Michael Pace.
1: <gasps> oh. That's true. No one one does
0: own that, but I do it best. What if
2: Sean and I both, this is off topic, but what if Sean and I both changed (laughs) our name to Michael Pace?
0: I think that our audience would be very confused.
1: I love how you uh, prefaced that statement with saying this is off topic while we just uh, talked to Houston from the International Science Space Station for the past (laughs) five
2: minutes. No, no, no. That's on topic because this week we did go back to space. We're back in space, boys. We're here.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. We watched Mm -hmm. a movie in space. We did. Well, 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 we we watched a movie from (laughs) Earth, but the movie (laughs) took place in space. Right. The movie was filmed in space. It was filmed on the International Science Space Station. (laughs) And it stars Sam Rockwell. Our best friend. Our best friend
2: in uh, podcast Moscow. Moscow? Yeah, our our best podcast Moscow.
0: (laughs) It also stars... Uh, Kevin Spacey as well, which I had to look up at the end. Actually, I couldn't tell who the robot's voice was. Oh, it's Kevin Spacey. It's Kevin yes, Spacey. That is yeah. that is the bad man, Kevin Spacey. And we, <laughs>
1: right? Yeah.
0: Who else is in this movie that we watched? By the way, what was the movie that we
1: watched? Did we, we say that? Yet? We watched Moon, which is yeah, a did, 2009. Did would you call it a psychological drama? Thriller? I would call this. Like, no,
2: I, I think out of anything that we have watched. This was a science fiction movie.
1: Yes, you're right. It is very sci-fi. This is a a classic science fiction movie. I think so. Yes. Yeah, I think so. It's really mostly Sam Rockwell. So Benedict Wong is like in it via a grainy computer screen signal, like computer monitor. And like I only knew it was him because he was in the credits. And I was like, oh, it's our like Benedict sighting for the real science cast because he's in every movie that we do.
2: I also do want to point out that Matt Barry is in it. Um, and for any of you who have seen, uh, well, especially the IT crowd, he plays Douglas Reynold, And he's going to be in uh, the What We Do in the Shadows TV show. And I'm very excited for it. Yep. Yep. Yes. Sure. sure.
1: I want to talk about that, that so do. much, but I'm not going to get us off topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, but- guys, guys. What's this mm-hmm. movie about? Let's find out. Let's have someone. Whoa, whoa, talk whoa. About pace, it. pace, pace. Before we do that. Yeah, you're getting way too I far ahead. I think that you need to give the fans what they crave, which is our disclaimers.
2: And I think they're long overdue because you said, like, the third word you said was fuck.
1: Yeah, um, and like people people are probably listening to this and they're like, "Okay, so they're covering space balls and they're in a space station and they curse a lot. I really wish I had some fair warning about this content." Right. And I didn't know they all want to kiss Sam Rockwell. Who who doesn't, Kenan? That's fair. We
0: have some very important disclaimers for this show of ours, and that is that we are three PhD scientists. So that means that we are very smart and we are well versed in all things of the world as we know it mm-hmm. and all things. What we're gonna do is we're gonna watch a movie which we already did and we're gonna break down the science in that movie and then we're gonna tell you what's good and what's bad about that science in the movie and um we're also going to uh we're gonna say some some bad words uh that you would hear on any anything from you know Either once in a PG-13 movie, multiple times in an R-rated movie, or mm. who knows how much in NC-17. We'll say those words. And then we'll also just really make you laugh until you, you your pants are wet.
2: This isn't a – gross. <laughs> this isn't an X-rated podcast though. So, we're not going to curse as many times as you would get in an X-rated movie. That's uh, correct. There also won't be any like dicks or butts or like – Well, it's an audio um, medium. so Yeah. Well, I just wanted to make – like I'm not going to hold – I won't hold up a picture of a, a butt. Um, midway through the podcast, we, we won't be exposed
0: to, to each other's dicks and or butts oh, God. throughout right. okay, the
2: okay. All right. okay. <laughs> throughout the recording. All right, now it is X uh, the X rated Real Science podcast. <laughs> well, to Real Science After Hours. X rated. God, that would be on that pop, on pop TV, right?
1: Real oh, Science God. After Hours. I honestly don't it know. It would be on either. Crunchyroll. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Pace, Thanks for those astute
2: disclaimers They're yeah, very, very good um, We also have a tradition on the show where normally We run uh, roll a D20 in order to figure out who is going To do the plot uh, But this time while pace was up doing something else uh, Sean and I said okay Last one to say not it does it uh, And then we both said not it so I think Pace is going to do the summary this time I'm gonna go ahead and roll my D20 okay uh, All right.
0: to figure out Who's going to okay Recap the sounds, plot of this movie sounds good. Do uh, it. I believe that me and Sean are doing it, right?
2: I did the plot last time. No, pace. Mm. Roll your roll your d twenty. Me and Ken are doing it. That's right. Yep. That's roll, right. Roll that d twenty, pace. I got a twenty. What'd you get, ken I don't even believe for a half a second you got a twenty. Uh, that's not definitely true. But what, what did you get? Oh, I haven't rolled because you're doing the plot. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not doing this plot of this film it was a terrible film i'm whoa, not gonna say whoa,
0: whoa boy, 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 boy 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 for the, the ratings room. Fireball. that's not true i okay. actually was okay it was an okay film i got a four okay i got a nine so i guess i'm doing it um so this movie is very limited in regards to its scope of actors it's mostly just sam rockwell the entire time being a moon boy now this movie begins with a monologue Um, About how the Earth, this is set in some unknown period in the future. We basically supply like 70% of our energy that the Earth needs Mm -hmm. from harvesting helium-3 from the moon. And because of this, uh, we have to have mining operations on the moon. And this movie starts off uh, with our boy, Sam Rockwell. Mm -hmm. He's on the moon. Our son. And he's, he's, he's doing his job. You know, he's doing his work. He's he's harvesting. He's making sure all the harvesters are doing good. And he's hanging out with his robot friend, Gertie. His robot friend, Gertie, helps him run the base. And throughout this entire time, they make, they get shit done. What does they, Gertie stand for? Gertie stands for um, good, good elephants, really, really
2: thank you. Sean, what does Gertie stand for? I thought Pace was going to answer it. <laughs> I thought so too, but then he didn't.
1: I already tried my answer. Okay, it's right. not good. Elephants, really. Thank you, Kenan. Are you stalling, and looking it up right now? Is that what you're doing?
2: I did look it up, but there aren't any. There's just no information. Hey, of, like, Kenan, robots are it. allowed
1: to just have names. It doesn't have to be a clever science acronym. Yeah, but it's in all caps. Like if my name was in all caps, it would just be like Kenan. Yeah, but Kenan! if you were a robot, it would be in all caps. So let's stupid just let's just let pace continue with the plot. Stupid. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> and, uh yeah.
0: Sorry, Pace, continue. It's fine. You know, I, I deal with this a lot, so I'm just going to. Yeah, you know, without Ken, we wouldn't
1: fly. Um, we wouldn't get these real excellent, dank nugs of information without <laughs> Kenan just <laughs> holding up a timer to let us know to speed up and then also mm-hmm. interrupting to insert some bullshit yes. into the sentence.
2: I'm a man of extremes. <laughs>
0: um this this everything is going fine for sam on the moon as far as we can tell he lives a pretty basic life he has these fun hobbies that he does in this little moon base um his moon pace um and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. essentially uh uh-huh. things things start to get a little weird um for sam because you know it's a little bit monotonous up on the moon which we'll talk about whenever you're by yourself operating this mining base He begins to kind of hallucinate things, and he begins to kind of um, perceive things around him that aren't there. Things are getting a little strange, and he's out there. He's monitoring one of the Harvesters, and he crashes into one of the Harvesters because he was having one of his hallucinatory uh, episodes. And basically, the team that runs the station from Earth, they think that he's dead. So uh, they wake up another clone. Shit. Uh, That was a huge spoiler.
2: Sorry, guys man i oh, ruined yeah. the whole movie yeah hey roll it back you should go watch this movie because it's extremely good and don't listen to this podcast yet because there's a big spoiler <laughs> the oh, yeah, pace that's is
0: an gonna actual aw. disclaimer <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true actually yeah um but anyway so uh basically what happens is that basically is sam comes he gets rescued from his crash he goes back to his base there's another version of himself standing right there in front of him another sam what yeah a whole nother sam no way and he's very confused eventually and then uh, the rest of the movie is is uh, him and Sam number two trying to figure out what's going on trying to figure out exactly you know like why are there multiple of them up there because they were under the impression that they were going to be going home after their three-year tenure after the three-year shift on the moon to see their wife and kid but no turns out that's not the case no it's not they're just a bunch of clones because they already know they know how to run the moon base so why bring up more people when you can just bring in a new sam that you make you just make them from scratch a fresh sam pop right out of the oven <laughs> like
2: a fresh biscuit yeah yeah that's how clones work
0: mm-hmm. that's yep. how clones work Right out of the clone and oven. so
2: mm-hmm. um like an easy bake oven
0: yes and so they figure out that um, that they're all clones, these Sams, that there's a bunch of Sam clones on the on the moon base, and they just replace them every three years. Uh, the first Sam starts getting very sick with some sort of clone sickness that we'll talk about. Moon it fever. is very strange. Moon mm-hmm. fever. Yeah, moon,
2: uh, moon dementia.
0: Yeah, they call it meaver.
2: And so <laughs> don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's unpleasant. <laughs> mm, yucky. Mm, yucky. <laughs>
0: and so the the movie kind of ends. Uh, with the first Sam basically dying more or less, and the second Sam uh, does, you know, he works to like destroy not destroy the base around around them, but they uh, he he basically works to make the base so that the next Sams in line will be able to communicate with Earth because they had previously had jammed communications with Earth, and then like some rescue squad comes, and that's basically the end of the movie because you know it's all about keeping up the f- the facade that you know these are actual humans and not clones i did a bad job explaining the ending can you guys like help me out there so
1: ba- basically <laughs> when the original sam that we see when he crashes um he was supposed to have died so they o- they awoke a new clone to fill his shoes but since the second sam we'll call him sam 2.0 rescued the first one they realized that like this rescue team that's coming was coming to make sure that the first clone actually died because they don't want the other Sam to discover him because he's just out on the moon. So basically, after all this, like, investigation of figuring it out, the first Sam, who is really, really sick because he's, like, at the end of his three-year clone period and apparently they start, like, dying, basically decides to go back into the crashed rover and let the rescue team... I'm using quotes, they're not really a rescue team find him to basically say like okay yeah he is dead we don't need to disrupt the clone like army of sam's that we have does that make right. sense
0: yeah, yeah yeah no i think you filled in some details there that i missed so thank you sean
1: yeah <clears throat> no problem So that's the movie
2: that's the movie we watched it was very good that was very good was very, summary pace i really enjoyed that thank you Pace. thank you i did so so good thank you so much Such a I appreciate good job. that well,
1: well guys we got, sorry to well, cut you off kenan well, I'm just going to stop talking and you can just take that <laughs> over again. Okay. <laughs> uh,
2: well, okay, cool. Oh. I really enjoyed. <laughs> well, thanks. Sorry, thank about you that. so much.
0: It's been great. You know what? This is the good part about the show where we talk about the science in the movie, okay? And that's what we're going to do. We're going to tell you about the science and what they fucked up and what they got right. It's going to be really good. And you're going to just have a really good time listening to us talk about it. And the first thing I think we should talk about helium 3 which they are harvesting from the surface of the moon uh, for the purposes of harvesting it, basically for, to, to supply the Earth.
1: Yeah, that is. it's interesting you bring that up because that is like the foundation of why he's on the moon. Yes. And we did a little bit of research into H3, and it's not really as cut and dry as they make it out in the movie, I think. Yeah, no, I No, it,
2: it definitely isn't. I definitely think that they like do the proper thing that a science fiction movie should do, which is sort of rely on the fact that they're not explaining things and then just letting you run with that. Like, it'd be a completely different thing if they're...
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it just turned into a dog.
0: Slight update, our boy Kenan uh, has had to jump off the call for an emergency reason, but we're going to move forward with the science of this great movie. Uh, the first thing that we're going to talk about being helium-3... And nuclear fusion?
1: Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Is it it fusion or is it fission? It's fusion.
0: Okay. Now, Sean, what's the difference between the fusion and the fission?
1: Okay. So for nuclear fusion, this is when the, the nuclei of atoms actually fuse together. So say you had like a hydrogen atom, which is just like a proton, and then another hydrogen atom, which is another proton, and these fuse together... You would have like an actual new element. It'd be helium because it has two protons. It would be like an isomer of helium. So that process of two atoms physically fusing together gives off a tremendous amount of energy, and that is like a theoretical source of energy. It's like on Earth, this actually happens in suns a lot of the time, like the sun, because the sun is so oh, hot. The sun. Yeah, like a lot of stars, they're they're <laughs> so hot that the they can actually, like, catalyze these fusion reactions, and then it's sort of like a chain reaction. Like, as a fusion event occurs, it gives off a bunch of thermal energy, which is heat, and that catalyzes another fusion reaction, and you just get this giant, like, ball of gas that's on fire, basically. And that's yes. how the sun works.
0: And that's also, like, why everyone on Earth is, like, so is so fancy for this nuclear fusion. Right? yeah because, because it's a tremendous like, amount of could, energy if we could figure this shit out then we would have uh we would have the energy crisis figured out for the next you know forever yeah right until the sun eventually actually uh, expands into a, a gigantic ball of fire and consumes the earth yes right? but
1: we still got five billion years
0: yeah yeah we have like a long time or like six that billion happens. i don't remember that's definitely like a low priority problem like yeah. that's like that's definitely like after Trump and like after global warming and like after everything else that we have to worry about. <laughs> yes, in this that's world.
1: that's like pretty low on the list right now. <laughs> um, yes. But what we do currently use as like a nuclear form of power is nuclear fission, and that is yes, like the name implies. Instead of when two atoms fuse together, this is actually the energy that's released when a single atom breaks apart into two separate ones splitting yeah atom. exactly splitting the atom um and so this happens with larger elements so like hydrogen is really small it's just like one proton but with larger elements like uranium or something that's has large atoms these can they're the atoms are less stable and it's easier to break them and that's yes. actually what we use at nuclear power plants and we've harnessed that energy that's released yes yeah
0: yes Although that is problematic because it also produces nuclear waste.
1: Right. Which is just like the leftover stuff after the reaction that we can't use. So. Yes. And also,
0: also leads to zombies.
1: Well, yeah, but that's right. That's for another episode base.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but so with like the helium three, though, in this movie, how exactly, like, how would they create... Why is helium-3 the the one isotope they want to go for so, in, in this movie to, to create energy?
1: Full disclosure on this pace. Like, Kenneth and I were reading about this, and we're not, like, particle physicists or, like, nuclear no, physicists. Not. Like, we, we don't... This is really out of our scope of practice. But from what a cursory Googling could find, it's basically... That's the um, formal name for it. Yeah, it's essentially... It's a helium atom, so it has two protons, but it also has one neutron, and it is non-radioactive, and it can be used in the fusion process to create H4, which is a helium with two neutrons. So you basically take this H3 helium, and you add a neutron, and that is a fusion reaction, and that gives off a bunch of energy. So this is more like, this is like the theoretical source that we would be able to use to harness fusion power for use on earth it's not actually practical right now it's not in practice i'm sure the only like context of which it's been even done is in like labs on like an extremely small scale like a particle accelerator or something like that um or like somewhere where you have a lot of heat you can heat this up um but we don't actually have like a productive source of energy from this right but in theory in the future people think it might be where it's at in theory and
0: to like in case it also wasn't made clear like nuclear fusion creates a lot more energy than nuclear fission does like three to four times more energy depending on like the atoms that you're working with
1: right, right? yeah so, it's so it's that's just like,
0: why people want to do that
1: and if you use H3 your product is just helium so it's non-radioactive you don't have any nuclear waste you just have helium it's already in the atmosphere which is great, because we're actually losing helium, because it's less dense than air, so it's just, like, floating Wait, up are into we it. Losing,
0: you, know, you know why we're losing helium? Because people keep on sucking it into their lungs to make funny high-pitched voices. <laughs> you're right. You're that's right. why
1: we keep losing it. The high-pitched it. voice helium crisis is ruining yeah, this nation. Yeah, <laughs> that's the reason. Oh, those irresponsible kids. Yeah, but, uh, so this would be a way to make more helium, but... The idea of harvesting it from the moon. So initially we were confused because we were like, okay, how is putting like a giant tractor on the moon creating energy? But basically what they're saying is that there is H3 helium in the like on the surface of the moon, like mixed in with the like sediment um, in the crust. Right. And well, I guess it's not crust, but in the ground. And they can essentially like dig up the uh, moon rocks and like uh, isolate the helium from it. Um, yeah we were looking yeah. at this apparently there's like it's like 50 parts per billion of H3 which seems like a very small amount. Um I don't really know like how they're actually 50, getting
0: 50 parts per billion. Yeah, parts per billion. Yeah, that's not that's I mean it's not a whole lot. Right, that means like not a whole for lot.
1: a billion molecules there are Fifty helium, fifty of them are helium. Yeah, so yeah, it's
0: not exactly a lot. It's
1: pretty small, but apparently they're able to harvest enough helium from the moon surface. So, you know, maybe they got
0: maybe they got uh high yields with that uh, with that fusion reaction. Maybe it doesn't you know? seem
1: that feasible to me. To be honest, like just looking at how we rate the science, like I don't yeah. think you would get enough helium from just like tilling the moon surface to like power the Earth for like an infinite amount of time. And that's also right. assuming that we could get this reaction to work, right?
0: Yes. So uh, agreed, to hundred percent. I and I like. I think it's also fun to mention that like this this idea of getting helium three is not absent from today's like political and scientific ambitions because it was part of Newt Gingrich's two thousand twelve presidential platform for for energy independence. So. I mean, given this is Newt Gingrich, it, so like that, that's the disclaimer of that entire sentence.
1: It's so wild to me to think that people are proposing. Like, I understand it takes a lot of time to get an operation like this running, but you'd think that we should like have a mechanism to actually like produce sustainable fusion energy before we just start harvesting h3 right like assuming there's actually enough on the moon you could get wouldn't you think that you would want this process to be working like that's like stockpiling uranium 50 years before you have a nuclear like nuclear fission down like,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the whole idea of preparing to do something before you actually do it seems a little crazy for a politician. So I don't know if they're really all about that. It is Newt Gingrich. So it is. It's
1: it's Newt Gernich. Um I think the next I think we should I think we should move on. Let's do it, Pace. I think honestly, like for anybody who's seen this movie, right? The big thing that stands out is like the psychological aspects of the movie where like, Sam Rockwell yes. is dealing with being alone by himself for three years with no other human contact, unless he's been hallucinating the whole time. He's faced with the reality that he is a clone and he has multiple clones of himself.
0: Yes. Uh, he, he doesn't find this out until the end of the movie, but still worth noting, like, and, and yes, he does have Gertie, his, his Kevin Spacey robot. But at the same time, I I think that that is not a perfect substitute or human interaction in and of itself
1: yeah clearly G- Gertie does not like shoot the breeze with him. like he's more like would you like to eat Sam or you <laughs> seem hungry lie on this sofa or something you know you just said such, such a good job with that mm, Sam you? I'm here to help you <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah he wouldn't exactly be the 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 right friend to play cards with and have a beer with um I can say that like the the effects of social isolation are definitely very well documented. Most, a lot of it through very cruel experiments that were done back in like the 70s and the 80s, whenever like uh, regulatory guidelines for research were not as cut and dry. But it is like pretty clear that if you spend extended periods of time in loneliness, it can have a wide variety of just negative, negative health effects. I don't think that loneliness is what's causing his clone sickness R- yeah. at the end At the end of the movie. But um, it is established that uh, that being lonely for long periods of time uh, can really negatively affect your sleep. Uh, it can negatively affect your just overall cognitive abilities, your working memory, your ability to kind of just solve problems in general. It leads to increased levels of stress hormones, mm-hmm. anxiety, uh, and with more chronic conditions chronic uh exposure to loneliness it can even like lead to like cardiac and uh immune system issues wow Uh, you even
1: like it can have worse symptoms from the cold just from being lonely pretty extreme it's pretty it's pretty extreme yeah it's interesting the way the movie like the way the movie progresses is in the beginning you can't really tell if like the symptoms of like sam rockwell run point at 1.0 are like due to him just being really lonely because that's what it seems like in the beginning but then as it keeps going you sort of realize like is he just getting really sick because he's a clone that is like finished his clone tenure or whatever Yes. like so they also don't like lay everything out cut and dry for you intentionally like i think it's supposed to be kind of up to your interpretation but that's just the the journey of this movie right <laughs> the clone sickness you mean yeah the clone sickness like yeah 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 like i guess we could talk about that right so there's a scene where sam rockwell like they're investigating the like ability to have a live radio connection with earth and while they're out investigating the uh uh surface of the moon sam rockwell just like is standing in a space suit too- and just starts like vomiting blood like it's pretty extreme it's, and it's like just disgusting he looks like fucking hell for the rest of the movie like he looks yeah. really bad and they don't explain it at all. Right. I mean, it honestly, like, the assumption that I got from the movie was that he was, like, going through organ failure and he was just, like, dying. Like, he was had yes. internal bleeding and he's, like, on the brink of death because he's a clone and they couldn't sustain him for that long.
0: Honestly, what it has to be, and this is, it's probably, it's, it's got to be the way they build these clones. They only build the clones to make them last for as long as they need them. Right? Right. Because... They're going to replace it every
1: three years for some reason. Now that I think about it, that's kind of silly. Well, that's what I was thinking is like, maybe they can only have the clones last so long before they run into medical issues. So maybe that's why... It's a limitation of the clone itself, okay? That, that's what I was thinking. Like, it wasn't yeah. like they put a time bomb in him. Like, it's just that because he's a clone, he's going to deteriorate. That's the most likely reason. Because
0: my other thing is, why not just design a clone... That That's lives longer than three years. Yes, true. <laughs> It doesn't
1: die. Yeah, that would, I mean, that would make the most sense, right? Yes. Because, like, so this is, obviously, we don't have the ability to just clone humans that are that functional, you know? Like, right. because. Well, yes,
0: in m- multiple aspects of them all to talk about memory implantation. Yeah. which they do for yeah. all these clones. Right.
1: You know, if you're just making a clone, the reason it's sort of implied that, oh yeah, they just don't last as long because there are like a lot of genetic issues that happen with clones because you your cells are essentially only in a state to form an entire human body for a short amount of time in their life cycle. And there are ways you can reverse this, but we haven't really figured out a way to successfully clone an entire, like, multicellular organism like that that will perform as well as the original. So, like, people right. have cloned a sheep, right. Dolly, right? But, like, that sheep is not going to live as long. There's going to be issues with that. The clone situation is kind of
0: bonkers because it's important to understand how, cloning process, how the cloning process currently works as science exists today. And how that normally works is that... You will take the DNA of the organism that you want to clone, and you will inject it into an embryo, right? Yeah. And then you'll take yeah. that embryo and you'll put it into a new host that will then raise it and then give birth to it.
1: Right. You don't like take a an adult and make a copy of an adult. Like yes. you have to. Clo- you that's, have to like that's give sci-fi birth cloning. To- yeah, exactly. Which like so you wouldn't have, like, in this movie, there's a giant hallway of, like, Sam Rockwell clones, and they're all the exact same age. That's not how that would work, unless humans are giving litters, like, birth to litters (laughs) in the future, but, like... Yeah, oh my so, god, but what if though Well you, if we, this there were literally like hundreds of Sam Rockwalk? I know, like, that's fair.
0: I mean humans do sometimes give litters. You know, there are there are triplets and quadruplets. Yeah, and but not like hun- it, hundred lits. Yeah, it's true. That'd be a that'd be a lot of that'd be a lot of baby in one belly. Yes. Um I don't think that would happen. But I mean it, it's it's just that's that's obviously one of the major flaws. They went they went full-on sci-fi with the cloning here, which is multiple Sam Rockwells that are all the same, they're all the same age, they all like function the same, whereas in reality an actual clone would be given birth to and then it would not be the exact same. It would be genetically the same. There could be some random mutations. Right, right. right? Yeah. But it would be it would be mostly genetically the same, but then you would have the effects of the environment that would affect it as it's growing up and it would be slightly different just like identical twins which are genetically the same, for more or less for the purposes of here, are clones, yeah, right? Yeah, basically. But then you see how different they
1: are. Right, exactly. And then, like, you brought up, actually, the memory implants, right? Like, all these clones have the exact same memory, even though yes. they've just been, like, sitting in some sort of clone stasis, which is, like, a sci-fi clone thing, because, like, we still don't have the ability to just have a person lay in a coma intentionally for, like, 20 years. Like, that's just not a thing. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> I don't know if you, I don't know anything about memory implant space. Do you know anything about the concept or if this is like actually feasible or what?
0: I think to be able to implant a memory, you would have to understand the basis for the memory itself and what makes up the memory. And like, wow, that is a very like wide, it's a very widely studied area is memory formation, memory retrieval and things like that. And we've talked about memory, memory in the show before, but you know, it all comes down to you know, a very, like a, a set um, connection between multiple cells in your brain called neurons. And they're retrieved via certain ways and certain triggers can re- retrieve memories. But in regards to memory implantation, no, definitely not feasible. It seems strange to me that they even bother to do this with the clones.
1: Yeah, I was wondering that, like, because the clones are just essentially serving a purpose of, like, manpower on the moon... Like, why are they giving them these, like, longing feelings for Earth? Like, based on memory implants. Like, th- the only thing that I could think of was, their, like,
0: it seems almost, in an ironic sense, in the scope of this movie, like, a humanitarian aspect of what they're doing.
1: I was either thinking that, or maybe it's, like, they need a motivation in order to, like, work towards something. And they are using existing memories from Sam Rockwell. Likely. Yeah, like, because they, they basically are just, like, you know they're not gonna the clones aren't gonna do anything if you don't like give them a reason like they're working so they can go home at the end of the three years and stuff so it like keeps them motivated to go at it like that's that's what i'm guessing
0: yes it is clear that throughout the entire film that obviously sam is very invested in his wife and child like yeah. super emotionally invested and so it is kind of a driving force for right
1: him. and when the movie starts i think he says i'm two weeks away from going home like multiple times and i'm like Listen, that's like saying you're two weeks away from retirement right before you get fired, you know? Like, that's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, one just kind of, like, weird
0: thing that happens in this movie, right? Yeah. Is that the... He, he has his wife, Tess, right? Yeah, Sam, yeah He has what yeah. who he's, who he's uh, looking forward to seeing back on Earth. Mm-hmm. And she is, like, short, pixie-cut blonde hair, right? Yeah. More or less. But the hallucinations that he sees at the beginning... It's a a woman with long, darker hair and a yellow dress that she was wearing, right? And initially, this made no sense to me.
1: Right. Yeah, all. we were talking about this and I we didn't even just put this together until we were talking about it after we watched the movie. Because it's like, you're just kind of like, Who, who's that? Oh, he's going crazy. Whatever. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like the, the, the hallucinations are fine. Like that actually makes sense. That might happen with like
0: extreme, uh, severe cases of extended loneliness and isolation.
1: But... I guess we came to the conclusion that that is supposed to be his
0: daughter wasn't there was an interview with the director right
1: yeah kenan actually talked about this before he had to make his speedy departure <laughs> yeah but he said there was an there was an interview with the director that was essentially saying that like like the existence of Eve the daughter who is like the original Sam Rockwell's daughter yes. is like her existence is like felt throughout the clones for some reason. Even though it's like the idea is that she's not a memory implant, but like they all know who she is and they all are like connected to her, like as her dad.
0: Yeah, but then why wouldn't they see their wife
1: too? I, I don't. Yeah, it doesn't know make any it. sense. Like it honestly reminded me of like it, this. And this wasn't even explicitly in the movie. This was like something that Kenan read in an interview with the director. But it had like a very interstellar love is the fifth dimension oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. right like so I didn't even really focus on it that much because I was like I don't want to detract from this movie (laughs) so
0: (laughs) the the most scientific aspect of the entire film yes Uh Yeah.
1: with that we've covered everything that you
0: should know about the science in this movie probably yeah
1: there's I mean we can talk about cloning forever but like I'm not gonna bore people we love it so much we love it I love science
0: (laughs) (laughs) um so I think that we should rate this good boy.
1: Hey, there it is.
0: <laughs> that good air horn
1: All right. that we have come to know and love. Um, Why don't you Sean, us- do you want to go oh, first? Okay, I'll kick us off then. That's fine. Kick us off. Kick us off. All right. So I'm using my out of 10 scale for 2019.
0: I mean, now that Kenan's not now here. Kenan's not here. We yeah. both agree that the, the 10 point scale is the best scale. Yeah,
1: it definitely is way better. So I'm going <laughs> to rate the science first. I think that... I guess overall, I'm gonna go with a five out of ten for the science because I I think that interesting. I think that a lot of the science is it's very science fiction. That in the sense that it's not something feasible that we can do right now. But I do think that like based on what we could find, there is promise that humans will at some point be able to perform a like H three nuclear fusion reaction, and there is h3 on the moon even though the amounts needed and the ability to do that are still in question i think that it's enough to for me to consider that like a feasible scientific thing that you could do in the future the cloning shit uh is just there's a lot of flaws with that like it doesn't really make any sense there's no explanation
0: right (laughs) and
1: yeah right exactly and like Also, this is a thing with with clones, right? Like, so Sam Rockwell is dying because he's got, like, clone sickness or whatever, and he's, like, vomiting blood, but, like, he's still able to, like, function okay? Like, his brain is still an organ, right? Like, people always do this. Like, your body's failing, but your brain's fine. I'm like, you know, if you're a clone with, like, genetic abnormalities and, like, you can only live for three years, you got a really fucked up brain, too. Like, it's not like your brain works and everything else doesn't.
0: Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I think... The most important thing to think about with brain function is that your brain is in so dependent upon, like, effective blood flow throughout right. your body. yeah. Um, and so, like, if you have any heart issues or, you know, if you're not eating enough, because it also uses, like, 70 or 80% of, like, the glucose intake that you have as well. Yeah. It's something ridiculously high like that. Um, you're going to have problems. So, it probably would – that probably would have ma- manifested in – somewhat different
1: right so i think that like so i'm giving a 5 out of 10 because i think that like while the initial concepts for the fusion stuff are feasible they are very improbable so i'm still sure i'm gonna give it a little something but not a full rating for that basically so i'm landing on 5 out of 10 but i could be persuaded and then for i mean i think that's pretty good let me let me throw this at you okay
0: i've been thinking about our ratings okay and it, it always comes down to We talk about, like, the the good part of the foundation of the science. And then we talk about how they extend it beyond something, you know, something crazy that hasn't been established yet. And we're watching science fiction movies. Like, that's going to happen every time. Unless we decide that we're going to watch a fucking documentary. (laughs) Well,
1: but, (laughs) Like, like, when we watched The Martian, like, obviously it was very... It was extrapolated. But I think that the foundation was a lot more... grounded Grounded, right like he was was. talking about being able to like grow stuff on mars and you know it's not the most feasible thing but like given a set of circumstances you could do it right now if people were like hey can you do this fusion reaction all i have to go off is that wikipedia estimates we'll be able to do it in like 30 years which i don't even know what that means that's basically i honestly think when someone says oh it's estimated to be in 30 years they're just saying like there's a lot of smart people i'm sure we'll figure it out by the time they uh like (laughs) yes
0: Uh, a testament to the human spirit
1: so yeah so that's why i mean i think it is possible to have like 10 out of 10 science in a sci-fi movie because of the way you organize the situations but for this it is very futuristic intentionally
0: i agree and that's i'm gonna give this let me give this 6 out of 10 i think okay um because if i agree 100 percent with your assessment of of the helium nuclear f- uh, fusion goals as aspirations, I think they did a, did a, a fairly decent job with the representation of social iso- social isolation. We kind of talked about that like, in Castaway uh, beforehand, which was a wild movie that we did. But <laughs> I I think that the, I you know I, the movie was only ninety minutes, so they kind of only had so much real estate to work with in regards to the psychological impacts of working on the moon for three years, but he is also a clone. So, um, the cloning is what brought the rating down for me because like that was just a convenience, uh, plot point. I I
1: did actually notice a point in the movie where he picked up, like a giant metal tank of this h3 with one hand and in the beginning i was like what the fuck like that thing has got to be really heavy he's picking it up with he one did hand do that, didn't and then he? i was like well it is reduced gravity because it's the moon and then i was like well it is also full of helium which is less dense than air but it like is. if it's compressed you know like a night like if you had a helium tank on earth the tank is super heavy because it's keeping the gas pressurized right i don't know but i think that was their way of trying to like represent that he is on the moon because he was in a spacesuit. like but yeah okay yeah i guess and also of note we always talk
0: about spacewalking in these movies right mm-hmm. where sometimes it's okay sometimes it's not good at all like
1: what was it armageddon yeah armageddon where was gra- just like they were like oh you jump too high you like leave the gravity field and then they're like <laughs> walking around like normal uh, yes. yeah That's, this one did okay yeah i feel like it it was split right this was okay yes but yeah so okay entertain we gotta do entertainment values we do that's true okay so the entertainment rating i'm gonna give it is i'm gonna give it like a seven out of ten because i I think it's good definitely a good movie and i would recommend it it's not like the best movie ever seen but honestly sam rockwell does an amazing job like you also forget the whole time right like he's playing both clones and so like when he's doing these scenes it's just him and like i was talking to him totally convinced that he was talking to another person um, maybe they have someone stand there you know i don't know exactly how they do their movie magic but like right it was impressive nonetheless right sam rockwell is a good actor yeah he like, he's,
0: he's he does some eclectic roles uh but he's a good actor overall i'm not really a big fan of the type of movie where you have where, where the cast is low and the you know that the, there's very very limited interaction in this case it's the interaction between basically two of the same guy um he does a good job of it but i'm also going to give just an overall entertainment like a six it was definitely thought-provoking in the like middle like 30 minutes or so um which is probably my favorite part as he was kind of working through the situation he was in but overall it was just kind of meh for me
1: yeah i mean i could see that like it's it's definitely there's less like action plot progression stuff in a movie like this it's more like inter introspective like contemplative yes. but right he did do a really good job i think i think sam rockwell honestly made this movie like it would have been worse with
0: with uh, like other subpar actors who wouldn't have been able to be as do it as as a convincing of a manner as he did yeah so um
1: sweet deal all right pace so i think before we sign off we should answer a listener question Um, so for the future, if you're a new listener, um, thank you for sticking with us. But also if you'd like to (laughs) submit any questions to the show, you can do that on our Facebook page, which is. Uh, real science cast or you could email us at realsciencecast@gmail.com, at gmail.com or you can tweet at us or tweet at real science cast. nailed it
0: good job explaining those john thank
1: really you <laughs> thank you good stuff so this question was sent in by um abnormal mormon on twitter which i don't know if you know who that is pace because i don't
0: curtis ryan DeGraw. okay that
1: is okay that is curtis ryan degras so thank you for your question um and curtis asks what are you most excited slash hopeful for in the relatively near scientific future? Um, So I guess this is like, what advancement do you think, you know, we can actually feasibly achieve that you're excited about? Yeah, that's a good question because he puts in the word near
0: scientific future. We're not talking like, we're, we're not talking science fiction concepts here. We're talking like things that are on the cusp, things that are like breaking edge, Of science today yeah and my thing so i don't know if i've even told the viewers yet but like after i finished with my phd i started working on uh clinical trials i started basically doing work where i plan the feasibility for clinical trials and one of the things that i've come across recently and some of our viewers might have heard of them are these things called car t therapies for cancer, for, uh, for, for combating tumors, right? And so basically like how this works is that whenever you have a tumor in a cancerous patient uh, and the normally your body could create like immune cells that would like fight off these, these cancerous tumor cells, right? But sometimes the uh, environment around the tumor is immunocompromised. Uh, It doesn't work any longer. And basically what a CAR-T therapy does is it basically creates these specialized immune cells that are sourced from the cancerous patient. So it's personalized that they then take out, genetically engineer to attack the tumor and then put them back inside the patient. And it's cool as hell.
1: It is a really neat concept.
0: Yes. And reading about that gets me stoked for you know, other other types of things that, like that. And um, that's definitely one of the coolest things out there, I think, right now that is being developed. It's in clinical trials. Yeah. Um, and they're they targeting a wide variety of things for, for different kinds of cancers. Um, so there's already a couple types of, I think, leukemia that uh, like treatments are already approved for. Yeah. But I would imagine it's going to be applied for a wide variety of things soon. Right. So that's what I'm stoked about.
1: It is actually a really cool therapy. Like, so that's actually interesting you bring that up because so Ken and I, we're both in the same field. So we both go to a gene therapy conference every year. And like half the conference now is about CAR T cells because it's like so prevalent in the gene therapy field um, as like an anti-cancer therapy. It's really like the leading anti-cancer therapy for gene therapy research. So yeah, that's cool. You're excited about that. I'm super stoked, dude. Moving away from that neuroscience stuff. I am really, yeah. So, I mean, I'm really, honestly, really looking forward to the use of, like, gene therapy to treat just inherited genetic diseases in general. Because uh-huh. I really, really do think that we actually are pretty close. Like, this is, it's really what I I work on and what Kenna works on. Like, specifically, I'm working on blindness right now developing treatments for genetically inherited forms of blindness but i think that the principles of gene therapy are applicable to so many different diseases and as like a scientist and like seeing where the field is heading i really do think that in the next like like in our lifetime basically we will be able to see like genetic treatments for tons of inherited diseases like muscular dystrophy things like that like Diseases where people essentially don't have a current treatment except for therapy, right? Like they just, they have like breathing assisting devices. They have like physical therapy to try and like strengthen their muscles as best they can. But really like it's a pretty terrible disease and there's not a lot of stuff you can do about about this right now. Um, and I think we are going to get to the point where we can give someone an injection of a virus and actually treat their disease. So
0: yeah i think other examples of this uh, like diseases that could be treated this way include things like uh like huntington's
1: disease yeah there's a lot of neurological diseases like so, uh, i think cystic fibrosis is like that yeah, cystic fibrosis like uh, some of these diseases they're like lifelong i guess like quality of life decreases and then some of them you know they people die like in their early 20s from them if that because they just can't live that long with these diseases so
0: yeah it's bonkers it's
1: pretty i really do think i'm i mean i, I don't think i would be like working in the field if i didn't think that it actually had promise so i'm thinking it's oh, close yeah, but for sure. i also group car t cells in the, with that like gene therapy um aspect because i really do think that they are pretty sweet i used to work on cancer before i switched and i did you think it, i, don't think yeah, I do yeah. that. Yeah, I used to work in a cancer lab in undergrad, and I still always yeah. had, like, oh, no, I right. yeah, still yeah. have a place in my heart for cancer therapies.
0: It's, it's, cancer therapies are bonkers because there's so many different types of tumors, and yet people just try to, like, one of the first things people do whenever they have a new cancer treatment, they just, they just throw everything, you know, into the kitchen sink or what, what's this, what's the saying? throw some spaghetti
1: at the wall see if it's
0: next spaghetti at the wall and see what <laughs> sticks yeah um and they just like we'll try it on like every kind of tumor it's like maybe it works for this tumor maybe it works for this tumor yeah
1: people do that, and there's they're basically separate diseases really like like lung cancer and like leukemia are two different diseases so different like, so different yeah that's cool i think it, that's a good question thank you for your question uh curtis yeah, ryan uh, so thank you Curtis. tastes uh and with that sean
0: I think it's time we close this puppy
1: out. I think we should close this puppy out. Hopefully, Kenan's puppy is okay, because his dog was having some distress. That's why he had to leave the show. But he will be back in two weeks. Join us for our next episode, where Kenan will be back joining us. And we will be watching the fan favorite movie, all-time classic, Ghostbusters. And let let me tell you, Sean, I... I ain't afraid of no ghost. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I ain't afraid of no ghost. Good, I'm glad face. Because if Good. you were, then you would have to call somebody, and I don't know who you would call.
0: I don't know who I'd call. I'm not sure what this voice came from. I think it initially started out as a Bill Clinton impression, yeah, you but I'm kind not of sure what it like is now. A,
1: like a southern gentleman, but like... I ain't afraid of no ghost, Sean. Well, that sounded even... Okay, well... <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so we're going to be doing Ghostbusters. Obviously... Those of you who have seen Ghostbusters, which hopefully most of you have, would know that, you know, it's not about the science. It's more about the comedy. But we did actually get a lot of Ghostbusters related questions on our mailbag episode. And I think it's worth addressing it. So we decided, like, let's do it. You know, people have seen the movie. It'll be fun. So two weeks. That date is February twentieth. Nope. Yeah. It'll be released on February 27th. Right. Yeah. Okay, so join us then for Ghostbusters. Anything else, base?
0: Deal. No. And that means that it's time to always to always get get drunk and do science and that you always need good good science to make bad movies,
1: right? Why, why don't we thank uh, Otis McDonald for the use of his song Third Eye Blimp oh, as the Otis. intro and outro oh, of our podcast? You, Otis.
0: Oh, such a good song that we used by 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 mr ronald right
1: and i would also like to thank all of our listeners and especially our patrons if you would like to join our patreon uh you can go to patreon.com and you can look up real science cast um obviously the show will continue to be free but any amount that you donate helps us reach our goal of creating extra content getting new equipment and we really appreciate it so we do thank you we for that you. my name is sean Crosson and I'm Michael Pace, and Kenan Smith is a doofus. (laughs) He's not here to defend himself, so I guess it's true.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, look at his cute little nose. Oh, he's so adorable. Did you guys know that whenever Kenan goes into dog form, he turns into a chihuahua?
1: Kenan just anamorphed into a chihuahua. Yeah, Kenan, don't stay there too long. You'll be stuck in the chihuahua. No, no, put down the Taco (laughs) Bell.
0: Jesus, you're feeding in the stereotype right now. Kenan, what is a gordita? (laughs) Yeah, what's with the gordita? Put the crunch down. Jesus. Oh, okay. All right.